Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. With the spring market heating up, the guys break down their buyer's guide in order to give you the best understanding of the home buying process. All while enjoying New Riff Bald and Bond Rye Whiskey. What is up, everybody? We are back after a week off. Apologize, we all had some stuff going on, but welcome to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. My name is Charlie Sardelli, and as always, I'm here with... Jameson Amaros. Oscar Ibarra. And uh, today we are going to kind of bring it back down a little bit for, for everybody. And, and what we want to cover for you guys is basically the, the buying process. And just as a quick reminder for everybody on our channel, if you go into our links, we do provide you a, a home buyer's guide. And if you guys want to download it, that's actually kind of what we're going to be going through today. Mm-hmm. I need to upload mine. I have both yeah. home, uh, buyers and sellers. Yeah. Um, and it's it's uh, something that we were we were here talking about that mm-hmm. no one's exempt from the process. Yep. Just follow the process and everything everything be exactly. fine. Exactly. Unless you're the 76ers. That was their whole thing and they got bounced in uh, <laughs> Oh that that team the, the Simon's coaches. Doc Rivers just got fired. Right? Doc but Embiid was Embiid said bro, just trust the process. If, didn't trust if, the process. if the Celtics no. don't go at least to the finals, that team's going to be disassembled too. Mm-hmm. They're done. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Well, and guys, and, remember... And, and bring on uh, Tatum. We'll take Tatum. Nuggets <laughs> to take Tatum all day long. Remember, we post our videos weekly. Um, every Monday to Wednesday, you'll catch the video. Every Friday, we post our audio. Remember, you can subscribe to our channel, Living, or, yeah, Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective. And again, guys, please check the time codes. I know that episodes can go a little long, but... Every single episode that we have has time codes involved, so you can get right to the information that you want. Mm-hmm. And we're more than happy to help you guys out. So comment, like, share, send us a message. We want we want to help you guys. It's why we do this, right? Yeah, Charlie. Um, if uh, they haven't watched the podcast before, what are we about? We are three Colorado-based realtors that are bringing real estate knowledge to the consumer. We're a TED Talk. Pretty much the whole time. Now, fuck that. We're not a TED Talk. <laughs> Just We're real weird. None of us talk. are named Ted. Well, yeah, none of us are named Ted. We drink we bourbon. We do talk. <laughs> we give you good facts and information. We try to keep it light and funny. I mean, and, and, that's, and that's honestly the, the biggest thing, right, is, is we're not just all real estate. We're not just all business all the time. We enjoy drinking bourbon. And we got this idea specifically because sitting around talking about real estate while drinking bourbon, we're like, wait a second, this is good information, and we can provide this to the people. So today's bourbon is actually, is actually really interesting. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm, I'm very much a visual person, and this bottle grabbed my eye. Gangster. Like, Im- yeah, immediately. Gangster. Immediately. The, the, the black tailoring into the color of the bourbon. I don't know why I like it's murdered it so out, much. baby. Yeah. Burnt? Yeah. Ooh, yeah like a it's fancy. Out. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, and today's bourbon is called uh, New Riff, and it is bottled in Bond, but it is going to be a higher rye mash build, mm-hmm. basically. So, Correct. Jameson, give us, give us some info on it. Man, there's a lot of info to, to give on this whiskey. So... Uh, Every time something's bottled and bond, obviously it's it's held to the highest standard of the U.S. federal government as far as what can go into it, how long it needs to be aged, where it needs to be aged, all those different things. Uh, the first thing about New Riff is no matter what bourbon you choose from them, whether it's the rye, the single barrel, single barrel select, or just our bourbon here, uh, it is aged for a minimum of four years. They also use no-chill f- filtration, and they are very, very, very particular on their uh, distillery and the, the methodology that goes into it. So anywhere that the mash bill is either heated up or starts to distillate, it is only touching copper. And the reason it's only touching copper is because they don't want any other particulates to come in and infiltrate in and tarnish the aging process. So they've got some things in the works that are gonna be 15, 20 year barrels 
that are going to taste phenomenal when they come of age because yeah. anytime that this heats up or starts to distillate, it's only touching copper. So it's kind of cool. I love it because obviously we've done episodes where we've had the, uh, you know, the, the biochemist that, that goes to see it and starts making it. But I, I like what it says on, on the back of the bottle here. It says a new riff on an old tradition. Yep. So not only a wordplay, which I'm all for a wordplay, but that's exactly what it is. Like yes. they're, they're taking new ideas and applying it. And again, this is the only way that we grow, right? And, and it's really interesting because a lot of bourbon purists would probably look at this and be like, this isn't bourbon. You know, just because it, it's not done this way. It's like, hey, I man. mean, it, it is. They just, they do a couple new things, but I think this is fitting for today's conversation. Yes. Because they are all about the, the very specific process mm-hmm. uh, down to they chose a specific aquifer within the hills of Kentucky. They drilled a hundred foot well down in there. That aquifer stays at 58 degrees all year round. So this is dinosaur water? Uh, it is essentially Ooh. dinosaur water. Yeah. And it, they chose it because it is in this very rich uh, limestone and mineral cavern, essentially, that this aquifer runs through. Okay. So you get a lot of these different minerals that come up with and, and the that's, water, that's, and that's what they start with. A lot of the flavoring of the bourbon that comes out of Kentucky, well, yeah. all of it, it it's mm-hmm. the, the limestone and the minerals that go into the water. Yeah. That's a huge thing. That's that, a huge thing yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they talk about it on a lot of the bourbons that we drink. Absolutely. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize before we started looking into these bourbons, like that limestone was a, such a key element in the distilling process. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, from the bottle, from, I mean, just the story of it, how it's made, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm excited and I'm glad I poured it out. I will say though, just looking at it. It's you a dark tint. Yeah, you can it's tell. A very that, dark tint. You can tell that this rye. Excuse me, everybody. I don't even have my notepad today. I was, <laughs> this week has been crazy. I'm not a podcaster. I'm a realtor. You yeah. know, I was doing realtor <laughs> stuff all week. I've been busy with real estate. I think all of first. us have just been yeah, consumed. Yeah, it's been, this week it's been, with deals. It's been a week, well, and and that's why that's why we want to talk about this process yes. because yeah. it's heating up. It, it's it's coming. And, back. And, I, and I think um, sticking on topic, uh, the the process is gonna. I'm going to bank, I'm, I'm going to bounce back and forth from the process from the consumer standpoint and from mm-hmm. the real estate standpoint, uh, just because, again, we're given information for a proper vetting of a real estate agent. And yeah. unfortunately, I had a few deals this week that the agents weren't, weren't up to par and I, I had a heyday in my office and I was screaming and pounding and it was what it was. Um, I think we all and, had and, that and, this week. And, 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 and you would think being an agent... Uh, you know the process, you know what it takes, you know what contracts to write, how to write contracts and keeping them clean. And right now, my biggest gripe is ego and competence or lack mm-hmm. of competence. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's aggravating for me. So yep. that's a little bit on the topic that we're going to talk it's about. It's also yeah. why we don't just talk about real estate on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We drink during it. Yes. That's right. Because more <laughs> often than not, I will come home from a very long day <laughs> and be like, you know, today's the day. That I'm not going to pour a glass of whiskey. And then something happens and then you get a fucks text up and my you're day. Like, Where the fuck is <laughs> and I go, bourbon? today is now not that day. Well, and and I have not <laughs> been drinking. I, I, like, I've gone two weeks that the pours here are the only thing that I drink just because, again, I'm supposed to be doing a half, <laughs> half marathon, marathon. Yep. that I've only ran maybe four times. And my wife's been running for well, like a year and a half now. But and I I'll tell you, I have, a, I have a really good example of, of bourbon in, in general, right? My uncle is a cigar smoker, cigar aficionado, part owner of a club and everything. So when I was home, uh, obviously last week, we had a party for my sister's graduation. And my grandmother came out and we were smoking cigars and, and having a drink. And she goes, oh, so you're on a mini vacation. And I was like, wait, where have I heard that before? 
And she just goes, yeah, that's what, that's what your uncle calls smoking a cigar is going on a mini vacation. And that is a perfect example as to why people drink bourbon is it gives you that two ounce timing of just disappearing for a little bit. Or four ounce <laughs> or, <laughs> or six ounce 1.75 or 1.75. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it just really or, depends or, or on how much PTO you want to use, I think, <laughs> is what it comes down and to. And you know what? It's at one point in time, this was prescribed. Mm-hmm. They were prescribing it back in, in the day, and it's very effective. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately. Well, or I will say off, off the rip, um, the, the scent on this. Off the riff or off, rip? Oh, oh, off the off riff. The riff. <laughs> oh, that was good. I like it. <laughs> I, I will say. Uh, I have no tasting notes on this, by the way, so this yeah. is going to be 100% interpretation. Oh, yeah. so. It's good with me. I mean, yep. I, on the nose originally, it's, it's very, very sweet forward. I the, would not, by the smell, I would not think that this was a high rye, high rye. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny? Because I haven't been drinking, the alcohol burn is back when, the, when mm-hmm. I smell it. Yeah. I could, it, it's burning my nose right it now. It doesn't linger though. It doesn't. No, it's just real quick it. and then was, it fades. I mean, yep. we, we were, you know, obviously I do my social drinking or whatever and then we come do this and I haven't really been <coughs> drinking, but the burn, I could feel it in the nostrils. Whatever. You drink in the Nuggets game. Don't lie. Mm, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I've been, I've been to, a to a couple Nuggets games. <laughs> Shout out to bartenders down there. Love you guys. Well, cheers, gentlemen. Let's go ahead and cheers. get these first sips in. of the Nuggets. They play tonight. I know, 6.30. I will be there. I will not. I'm telling you, that, that nose is... Hold on, you gotta do it like that guy. <laughs> oh, shit, don't do it <laughs> like that guy. We gotta do that video. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do that video. <laughs> the nose is harsh. Mm-hmm. It is sweeter. I'm definitely getting, I'm definitely getting apricots. Honey. I'm getting fruit. Yep. Dried fruit. Alright, that's enough sticking my nose in here. Up, up front immediately, not, not very much complexity to the flavor. Definitely a high rye, a little bit, little bit hotter. Little I get some charcoal at the end though. Mm-hmm. Like I get it's, some, it's sweeter. Yeah. Like I get some vanilla and then it kind of melts away quickly. Mm-hmm. But then the aftertaste is a little bit, you can feel the, you can taste the, they use toasted oak barrels yep. 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can taste that for a four year age. I'm definitely getting the, the pepper that you usually get. Yeah. The spice. Here we go. And I'm not, I'm not joking around. All jokes aside, um, it's very dry fruit yeah. forward, yeah. Mm-hmm. but the lingering, I'm getting original Doritos. Original Doritos? It, it finishes with that weird, corny, cheesy Ooh. kind of... <laughs> Man, I need some Doritos now. Oscar, Seriously, we're that's do a weird. Whole, we're just going to do just a, a whole... Just a cutaway of uh, a whole, horse a manure of, of Doritos. Oscar's descriptions. <laughs> we got manure. We got, we got herbaceous Doritos. <laughs> Doritos. I got Doritos on that one. It's, it's like awesome. this uh, tastes like my grandma's casserole at the very end. It's very weird. I don't yeah, know if it's the green bean know, casserole or the squash, but it's in there. From Minnesota. <laughs> I think honestly, I think this one once it once it opens up a little bit more, I think I think that burn's gonna subside a little bit. And we're gonna get a good Drink amount it, of flavor. Let it linger and mm-hmm. tell me you don't have Doritos. And if so I gotta go back. I'm not gonna lie, man. Bit. I haven't had Doritos in so long. Me yeah. either. But that yeah. that's what this. Apparently, Papa John's. And it's is not making, Cool Ranch. It's original. Yeah, because Papa I mean, John's making. I also a new, need some a new pizza where the crust tastes like Doritos. What is America, this, baby. What is this world coming to? America. Hey, Somali, how are you doing? Oh, we, we need food. Cool. We have Dorito pizza, bitch. <laughs> and, Jesus. And we have, we, for me, it was, it was when the Reese Big Cups got 
mini Reese's Pieces put in the big cups. Yeah. Oh, that's when it's... That's Reese's Pieces Inception? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Reese's. I used to yep. love those. Yes. Uh, and well, Sixlets. I'm still not I'm still not on the chocolate I, I thing. I still so don't know why not, they call them Sixlets. Let's, let's not destroy Hey, also, can here. we just call to attention real quick? I know if you're listening to this, you can't see us. <laughs> but somehow... Coordination, baby. We... Uh, the blue, blue yeah. On the I don't know what it was, aqua, but we had this blue. aqua <laughs> blue with aqua the blue with the, the teal aquifer. or the blue jeans. I don't yeah. know what happened. Uh, I like it. Out here looking good, baby. Yeah, I, I like got, it. I got some blue in my socks. Yeah, I mean Oscar with the socks every time. I got some cheetah prints every time. Oh. <laughs> All right, so like we said, with the market heating up, uh, the topic that we kind of wanted to go over with you guys, especially because this is kind of a, a read along on mm-hmm. this episode, is feel free. Like I said in the description, go download our buyer's guide. Uh, we, we have seven points that we're going to touch, um, and it's really common for buyer's guides to kind of cover the points that we're going to go over, but feel free, download it, pour up a glass, and kind of follow along with us. But again, if you don't want to watch through the whole thing, click on our time codes and go exactly where you want to go. And, and as a disclaimer, for those of you out there not fortunate enough to work with us, mm-hmm. if you are, as we talk about vetting realtors, right, um, if you guys are working with a realtor on the buy side, and yep. let's say you get them off of Zillow or Redfin or one other stupid site that you guys get them off of mm-hmm. <laughs> versus recommendations and vetting. I don't have a personal opinion on that at all. Um, <laughs> if they are not going over some sort of buyer's guide with you yep. before the process starts, that is a very, very large red flag. Yes. Unless they've Flash. been doing it for way too fucking long to care. That's True. Happened. But even no. that, I don't, you don't want you know that, what? guys. Bullshit. I know if I sat down with you, Oscar, you would sit there and say, hey, man, so what, here's what the process looks I like. Will. And now yeah, we're it's just, just second nature. At that point, it's, and I do email my, my thing, but it's <laughs> yeah. just second nature. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is. And again, my, I've always said, work with an agent that you're going to like mm-hmm. and want to spend some time with. Yep. But lately, you know, when we, how we make our money is not opening doors. Anybody could open a door. Yeah. Anybody could write an offer. It depends on the lockbox. Yeah. <laughs> true. So, and yeah. or the doorknob. Or the doorknob. Jiggle that shit. Put the key. Wiggle. <laughs> open the fucking door. Kick okay? it. Do whatever you. Kick do. the damn door in. No. <laughs> SWAT but, team. <laughs> SWAT team realtors. Confidence has been my biggest issue. Of, oh my god, as that's of such late. a good name for. I'm gonna trademark that. SWAT team realtors. SWAT team realtors. Yeah, that's a good shirt. Because it's, it's breaking. Like it's out. breaking into. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like you're breaking into people's houses. You saw it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Do not see it. Anyway, competency, right? That's where we are in our navigation of the process. To get to close. Yep. yep. If they can't do that, that's where we are. That's where we are in our money. Mm-hmm. That's but ne- that's why the buyer. Out. That's why this episode's so important. Is because there is, I, in my opinion, anyway, there are so there's such a large part of this job that is based on setting correct expectations. Yes. And to me, not being able to articulate what a process looks like to mm-hmm. a consumer, especially a consumer that may is maybe have never bought a house before, yep. is so important because that fuels every other aspect mm-hmm. from the stress to the unknowns to the hurdles you have to jump to the potential contingencies all these different things yep. but if we can sit down with you guys and go over hey here's what the process looks like here's some of the common things that we see here's some things that you can either do previous to get prepared for or be prepared for during the actual transaction itself mm-hmm. it makes it obviously easier on us right because yep. we're not chasing our tails but from a buyer standpoint you guys are going in knowing exactly what to expect every single step. Of and from a consumer standpoint, I like for my client to be stress-free if mm-hmm. possible. That's our job. It's every file is going to have its own stresses and it's hard for me. To, Hence I this don't week. want to articulate mm-hmm. what can go wrong. 
I don't, I don't want to start off the transaction that nope. way, but that's where we earn our money is knowing how to navigate through that and come out unscathed. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and again, I mean, that's, that's what I'm good at. Well, and, and that, that's a good kind of lead in to the, to the first point. And what a lot of people think is when you first start looking for a home, you're thinking about buying everybody, you know, I would say 75% of the people that I start talking to, they're, they're already telling me about how many rooms they want, the bedrooms, what they want them to look like. I'm like, wait a second. How are you going to pay for this, right? And, and I think the very important thing that, you know, we've drilled at home is knowing your budget is the most important. But the first step to the home buying process is going to be pre-approval, is going to be financing, your financing right? Um, because at the end of the day, if you don't know how much you can afford every month, it doesn't matter what house you like, doesn't matter how many rooms you want, you're not going to be able to afford it unless you know. And we have to fine-tune that. I don't mm-hmm. care if my clients qualified for a million dollars. Yep. If they're not comfortable paying that that amount of money, mm-hmm. okay, we, can, we, we have to have a sit down. Where yep. are you comfortable? Well, that's going to take a chunk. We're going to yep. look at, you know, half a million to 600. Mm-hmm. And if that's not what you're looking for, okay, let's get out of your comfort zone, but I want you to make that decision. Well, and that's the most important part with the pre-approval, right? Is, and I think something that, that happens a lot with people is when we start saying, saying to them like, hey, you need to start looking into a loan, that's when it gets real for them. And they go, wait a second, this is, this is tangible, this is money. And we've said it on multiple podcasts, we've had Colin in here, we've had Devin in here, all of our lenders, but a lender is such a phenomenal service to have as mm-hmm. even just a home buyer, if not a first time home buyer, because one of the most important parts of getting a pre-approval that people don't think about is looking at your financing and figuring, figuring out your budgeting. Because a lot of people don't really know how to do that. And a lot of people want, and we just got done talking about this, the instant gratification. Oh, I'm going to get a pre-approval letter, then I'm going to apply for a house, I'm going to get it. And it's like, hold on, let's let this lender get in on your financial information. And we may have to wait four to six months because you have to work on your credit. You, you might have to build your credit back up to a point where you're going to qualify for something that's going to help you. Or you qualify, right? Mm-hmm. But your DTI is at 50%. Yep. And then let's say, okay, that's because we, we talk about it from, the, from a uh, mortgage payment standpoint. That's one side of the equation, right? Mm-hmm. And Oscar can talk about this, but I mean, there's FHA. You can go up to 50, 52%, 55% DTI, right? Yeah. Debt to income. Yep. The problem is we want to make sure that not only are you comfortable with the fact that your mortgage payment is going to be X amount, mm-hmm. but if our debt to income qualification is that high for a, a, a certain person, you got to remember when we, when lenders take your application, they do minimum payments on everything, yep. right? So if you pay $300 a month to your credit card, but you've got an $8,000 balance, but your minimum payments 150 and you're that's still planning on paying 300 that's 150 extra dollars a month we have to factor well, and, in and i yep. hate i hate to use this term i hate it house poor yes yeah, no, i hate that term yep. i hate that term i i i i'd rather use something else but i don't want you to be stressed out cuz you have to make your mortgage payment yeah that's that's never mm-hmm. fun either. My mom used to say like if I if I asked for like thirds for dinner, yep. she'd say my eyes are bigger than my stomach. Yeah, yep. same thing, yeah, right? Absolutely. Or or champagne taste, beer budget. Right. I mean, yeah. there's there's a ton of things we could go. Well, how many room. times do you, do you have you talked to a first time home buyer and they go, okay, I want I want a five hundred thousand dollar house, right? Because yep. five hundred thousand in their historical terms sounds affordable, yes. right? And five hundred thousand at three and a half four percent. It's one story mm-hmm. at six and a half, seven percent, completely different. Yep. And if they have an image in their brain of what $500,000 gets them mm-hmm. based on their monthly budget, and then you go, well, actually, based on your monthly budget, it's like 350 to 400, yep. that changes the equation, right? 100%. And that's why that pre approval step and working with a lender that is communicative, that understands what they're doing, has a history of success, mm-hmm. is so, so, so important. So, yes, 
getting financing is key to moving forward. And there's a lot of conversation we have to have with consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, although it, it is in my past wheelhouse and I try not to in, infiltrate too much yeah. into yeah. that. We stay in our lane. We stay in our lane for the most part. That's we the best as, as a realtor, we, yeah. we have to, but we have mm-hmm. to make these, uh, have these conversations with you. How much do you actually want to pay a month? So I yep. can have this conversation with their lender so you don't have to. Um, and I'm not sending you stuff that we're not going to offer on. You're going to fall in love with and then hate me afterwards and call me in two years. You know what? I got to sell. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Well, and another point that I want to bring up too, especially because I feel like interstate migration in the United States has picked up recently. Like people are looking to move state to state. And and something that's other that's, it is important with the pre-approval as well, as well as setting your budget is... You know, like I said, I was in North Carolina last week. I was talking to a friend, and she was she was blown away at the fact that she was about to pay two seventy five for a house. And you were like, "I'll take three. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Is, so, like, is that the rental market that we're jumping into well, together? No, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. I mean, how far is Hogshead or what's that yeah, golf course? Hilton Head. Hilton Head. Yeah, yeah. How far exactly. is that from there? Because I'll take I, three. Dude, have you golfed? Sorry, this total side. Have you golfed to Hilton Head? No. Oh my I've god, I got to do it, it once. Oh, about four years ago. It is. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. If you guys get to go to Hilton Head, go. It's amazing. It's just such an important point that, again, as long as you know your budget, Mm -hmm. whether you're going to be in North Carolina, you're going to be in Colorado, whether you're Wyoming, whatever it is. Jersey. Jersey, having that monthly budget is yeah. the most important aspect of that. Well, it's all relative, right? Like if you if you talk about north certain parts of North Carolina from a job standpoint, mm-hmm. you know your your median income. Like take Douglas County, right? Our median income in Douglas County is over a hundred for ha- per household yep. is over one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year yep. in Douglas County. Mm-hmm. If I go to Raleigh, North Carolina, and say, "Hey, guess what our median income is?" I I would venture to guess that it's double. I'm going to go ahead right? and say that. I, I can't, I'm not allowed to Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> well, I mean, even where I come from, Western North Carolina, it, I mean, I was making, as a bartender, I was making $48,000. I was a king making $48,000. My rent was $800 a month, and Jeez. I split it with somebody. <laughs> you know, so like, it, it, that's why your finances are so important. But once, once you're done with that pre-approval, you talk with your lender, the next step, now that you know your budget, is going to be home search. And, and please... Please don't hesitate to have those conversations. We're not going to judge. The yeah. more we know, the better we could structure for you. Mm-hmm. We're not and judging you on your income. We're not judging you yeah. on your spending. We're not judging you on your credit. We're not judging you on what you have on credit. I don't <coughs> care. My job mm-hmm. is to make sure that you're taken care of. So the more I know, mm-hmm. the better I could structure something for you. Not yeah. only that, Oscar brings up a really important point. Um, not only do we not judge, right, because it's our job, but if you sign a buyer's agreement, with us, we are now your fiduciary, which means we cannot do anything that is not in the interest of you as our client, including divulging financial information or- Doesn't leave the table. Does not leave yep. the table. It's essentially the same as client data privilege yep. uh, in any other at this point. job. And again, it's a licensed and it's regulated, so it's, it's the same. I can't sit there and you say, hey, I've got this, and then I can tell that to somebody else. I can't. No. Yep. That's and literally what's or not funny is at, at this juncture in my, in my career, I have family members sending over other family members, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll call me. So how's, how's Tom's deal going? Good. Good. Yep. Go oh, has he found a house? We're still looking. Mm-hmm. How is it? I can't. Yep. I'm sorry. I love yep. you, but I, I can't. Not until. It, yep. I, yep. I, let, ask him. Ask him how it's mm-hmm. going. We cannot, shall not, cannot divulge information. Yeah. And we understand that. that it's 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 hard, right? Because mm-hmm. especially when you're talking first time home buyers, parents, like, parents oh, want to know. I know. And yep. I'm sorry, I can't, can't do it. Ask ask them. Yep. 
you know? Well, and, and well, I'm and, giving a down payment. You're still no, my you fiduciary. gifted the down payment. Yes. Thank you. You're not privy to information no, just because I'm you sorry. gave us a gift. It 100%. is what it is. 100%. So, just to, just to I want you guys to understand you. that because there's a lot of people that, and I've run into it with clients where they are afraid to divulge certain things. Mm -hmm. And then as we get into the transaction, all of a sudden I found out something else. And then yep. I find out something else. And then I find out something else. And had all that information been disclosed in the beginning, structure it better. Then mm -hmm. all of a sudden we're good, you right? Start checking stuff off before we yep. get to the, yep. the, so, the meat of Don't be afraid. Yes. Client data privilege, it's, we're a fiduciary. We're like doctors. We can't, yes. I'm like a priest. <laughs> Not really. Because well, somebody goes, please, for the love of God, help me find a house <laughs> yes. that I can afford. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it shall be. So it shall be. In him, with him, through him. <laughs> so after you get the budget, obviously, now... You got to watch the mighty gemstones. You had to throw it out there. On, on HBO, the, the, the gracious gemstones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is hilarious. Yeah. Love right. that show. I'd um, love to say it's sad. That's what happens when we all dress the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah just on, on the same path, baby. So some one, once and you some get wine, that pre-approval and you know and you know how much you're going to be spending, then this is when you start want to start building the bare bones of the, the homes that you want to search for, right? And what's really important about the home search is remember that you're not going to find a needle in the haystack right away. Like maybe, maybe you might, but but the more chances likely of that, not. right? So going into that home search, I would say. Start at your base level. Know how many bedrooms you want. Know the square footage that you want. If you want a garage, HOA, those kinds of things. But now, once you start kind of tailoring it and, and you go for a search, you start looking, that is your opportunity to then start to find your needle in the haystack. You start funneling down. This is yes. a conversation I have. We're going to broaden the search, maybe a little outside of your perimeter. You're going to get everything. The good, the bad, the ugly. Mm -hmm. Let's start off big because I, I'd rather you not... You miss, know, miss out on something. Yep. And then as we go, you're going to start checking stuff off. All right, I could do without this. I really don't like that neighborhood. Maybe, you know what, I do need a two-car garage. Then we start fine-tuning it to where, yep. like, within a mile radius, if not a quarter mile, mm -hmm. of apples and apples, the house that you want. Yeah. And then we just wait and find it. Yeah, and I think the, uh, the other important thing to consider, too, is it depends on where the market's at, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, right now, uh, we have in Four April. Four houses on the market? Yeah. In April <laughs> this year, compared to last year, we had almost 1,900 less new listings. That's, and, that's big, right? And, in Colorado. And, and the trend right now, and again, I don't know, I'm not working with, uh, well, maybe working with some of you out there, but the majority of you, I'm not. So this is not me trying to oversell you, but I believe from February into April, we were up 3% in purchase price. So that Correct. means the market's mm -hmm. trending up. Yep. I'm not trying to tell you if you're wanting to buy, hurry up and buy now. But you should probably start paying attention. Maybe, it's just one maybe, of those, maybe this summer it's gonna it's gonna cost you more to buy. Yeah, we're gonna, and it's we'll gonna be see. at the same interest rate. Yeah, and we've talked about this in previous episodes as far as housing market updates and whatnot. Where depending on where interest rates go, it's going to either loosen or tighten inventory. Yep. Right now we have tight inventory, and as as long as that is the case, when Oscar says, "Hey, we want to start large." And over, you know, a vast, whether it's a geographic area, whether it's a price point area, right? Let's, yep. let's say you're comfortable at 350. Okay. We get this question a lot. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're approved to 450, but you're comfortable at 350. Why would I show you 450? Yep. Is it because I'm trying to get you to buy something more expensive? No. But how many it's, times did the client say, Hey, what about not, this house? Well, right. that house is a 425. Yes, we we just want to make sure that you guys see as much as you possibly can to mm -hmm. make a decision. And in a environment and a market that is severely constrained on inventory, 
we're going to want to widen the search as much as humanly possible yep. because there's just not a ton of options. Well, right now. and then that, that brings up another, another point, and I mentioned it earlier, but something that is so important when you're looking for your home is showings, right? And it, it comes down to the, to, to the adage of, you know, the more at-bats, the better opportunity you get, right? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. So whether or not you, you know, mentality. you're 100% on this home, having multiple showings and walking through these houses that fit this broader parameter will help you tailor down and figure out what you want mm -hmm. so much more. And here's the thing, guys. It might even change your mind. Exactly. But here's the thing. You have agents, right? And I just did a, I just did a video on open houses on, on my TikTok. And what people, you know, open houses we've talked about, a good, bad, whatever it is, open houses are there for people who don't have agents to just walk in and see a house. If you don't have Neighbors agent, who don't have agents. Yeah, neighbors, excuse me. That's mostly what you get. But <laughs> Neighbors that have been wondering what the hell you've been doing in your basement. Yeah, and if you, if you have an agent, you can schedule a showing damn near any time that you want as long as the seller's open to that timing. And that is, again, where, where the importance of an agent comes in and the fact that they can 100% get you access to homes and showings that you wouldn't have previously. You could do it on a Wednesday night at 8 p.m. as long as the seller's down with it. But that is a benefit of having a real estate agent or a realtor that is willing to, to give you that time. Without being bombarded. Because if mm -hmm. you try to set up a showing with an agent that you don't know, are you qualified? Uh, and they start asking yep. all these questions. No, I just want to see the house. Mm -hmm. So as an agent... Here in Colorado, we are technically able to show any home mm -hmm. in the state. Yep. Doesn't mean we're the experts there. I mean, I've shown homes. I'm about to go show some some uh, empty lots up in Route County. All right, don't, 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 don't you mention the city. <laughs> Not this episode. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I've shown anywhere from the Western Slopes. <laughs> Rifle. I've, and I've been in Denver Metro. I work we a lot. don't talk about Hugo. <laughs> that was good. That was Hugo, good. Colorado. I've, I don't know why I've sold like four or five houses in that little yep. town. There's only like 10 and oh. I've sold four. But I do a lot of stuff in Weld County. I do yep. a lot of ranches. Mm -hmm. So I'm well-versed in wells and uh, septic tanks, septic yep. certificates. Hey, I want to. Kind of so am I. Yeah, we're, we're all. That's, yep. there, there's a lot of intricacies, right? <laughs> yes. A lot of intricacies. Mountains is even, even crazier. They're all crazy, dude. The, so in Route County, you, they don't have septic because they're too far out, mm -hmm. right? So I was actually just talking to one of my topography. friends. Topography. One of my friends. What the, uh, the topography of was, the land hey, is. You know, they already have a house up there, right? They yeah. have a, they have a septic tank. It's different than a septic system, so they physically have to pump it every three months. Yeah. The problem is nobody can go out there because of where they're at. It was supposed to be a three hundred some odd house development, and the developer that bought it went bankrupt. They were supposed to put a ski resort in, nothing, right? So the plans are huge. They're looking at some lots up there. I just talked to them the other day. And uh, one, of the, one of the issues is, yeah, you can build a house there and you can have a septic tank, but you can only pump it, which is a pain. By the way, it's like three, $400 every single time. Yeah. If you're renting it out, it's even more depending on how often you... So there's a lot of intricacies when it comes well, to showing houses. And not only well, that, even the wells, when you're doing inspections, I mean, a lot of, it, a lot of people just do the potability, yes. right? Because well, that's what you want. Because there's going to be like bacteria and stuff in the water and they have to do a, a flush and what that is about. Something that... And on, on both of those And points, then there's a mechanical part of it. Something that we don't think about is... Uh, as Americans, we're very privileged to think that anywhere in the country that you go, you're set up to live. Yeah. But there are still Hell. many, many areas, even in Colorado, that don't have water run. They don't have septic. So, again, doing these showings and having an agent that can look around and know these areas is so vital to your home search. Now, once you, once you kind of tailor in and you start looking, 
at, at the homes. Hold on one second. Yeah. The one thing I'm going to say, because I feel like this is one underrepresented two I get asked all the time when we're showing homes, neighborhoods, etc. Oscar, is this a good neighborhood? Oh, um, I'm not allowed to give you my personal opinion as a realtor, but I'm going to take my real estate hat off. Yeah. Can we do that? <laughs> hey, Oscar, just out of curiosity, are there sex offenders that live in this neighborhood? Because I, I really like this that house. question. That's not information that is privy to us. You go on a website, go to the sheriff's department and ask what sex offenders are here. They'll give you a full report. Hey, Oscar. So I got, you know, seven year old and 10 year old going to middle school. Uh, how are the schools? Uh, www.schoolgrades.com will give you a better understanding. I could tell you what I have on the on, on the houses, but I am not an expert in what schools are. I know what counties have good schools, but do your own research. Well, on that. but listen, so I'm moving here from Puerto Rico. I'm looking for a Puerto Rican based neighborhood. Well, I'm sorry, man. Uh, Hablo español, pero <laughs> out of that, I'm sorry, I'm man. Tell I, you. I can't, I can't guide you to certain certain areas based on race. But I need really good mafungo. I don't, you don't understand. <laughs> so I, there's a restaurant yeah. down in <laughs> off of Union and Alameda mm-hmm. that have great mafungo. So here's the reason I bring that. Up, thank you guys for playing along. Yep. Is there's a lot of people that still don't quite understand. Like there's certain questions in order to preserve fair housing laws that we cannot answer. Redlining. We are more than than willing to provide you the resources, right? There if, was a time where it was it was a thing. Yes. So they made laws against it. Yes. Yep. So if blockbusting is what yes. you're talking about yep. and redlining. Yep. yep. So if you're asking these questions of your realtor and they're being, I don't know, you could define it as cagey or evasive or whatever it is, there's a difference, right? I can be cagey and evasive or I can be cagey and evasive but provide you resources and materials so you can make an informed decision yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't know the area, right? I know my own personal opinion on Douglas County schools versus Jeffco versus Denver public yeah, schools, whatever it is, right? I, 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 got, know, I yeah. know my information on the school. Exactly. I know However, where to get good mofongo. When it comes <laughs> to, oh dude, I got, anyway, we'll talk later. That should have been in the last, the brown bag episode. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to steering somebody to a certain mm-hmm. area based on those things, we can't do it because we want to give every area of the state that's actually the, term, the opportunity yep. to bring in. If your agent is telling you you want to live here because this, guess what? It's called steering. Yes. Yeah. You so get, he get in trouble. But and it if, is if something that comes it, up it, in, every single time. Agent, I Agents buyer, might think so. they're doing him a favor, and absolutely. if yep. it makes you uncomfortable, you know that's 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 so, against. Yeah. Just something to point out us. before we move yeah, on to the next a, step. That's but a phenomenal point, it especially is, uh, especially yeah. in today's ecosystem yes. and stuff like that. That is definitely something that that needs to be addressed. Yep. So, hell yeah! Thank you for bringing that up, Jamo. Um, we so, don't talk about Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Hugo's a great place to live. We got the pre-approval. Started looking I'm not at, wearing my real estate hat right now. <laughs> Hugo's not big. It's a one street town. Lots of truckers. And I sound out like a sore thumb every time I'm in the fucking city. Great people though. But now we got the home search down. We started looking um, and we found one or couple that, that, we, that we like. Um, and we want to start actually looking seriously and maybe talking about putting in some offers. So uh, the next step on the list is offers and negotiations, right? And this is honestly where you see a lot of people talking, you know, about, oh, I don't need an agent. Real estate agents aren't necessary. Would you go to court without an attorney? Can you? Yes, 100%. Is it wise? He who represents himself has a client for an idiot, I think it goes. Something like that. that. I've been been drinking bourbon. At the end of the day, my whole point in saying that is this is where the real estate agent and them being your fiduciary really plays into your pocket and your, your abilities in the market. And right. writing a clean offer is key right now. And that's why I was mm-hmm. griping at the beginning. 
ego and competency go yep. hand in hand when writing a goddamn offer. Well, you give me an offer that has a bunch of NAs, guess what? You're in some legal trouble because I'm not going to clean them up for you. And you just omitted a very important part of your client's yep. offer. Yeah. And then I'm going to be like, this is trash. This other offer is equal, but it's clean. Correct. Yep. So and that, that's a good point, right? Um, because there is a, there's a, because negotiations are different, right? It's a people to people interaction. Yes. And you're, it, it, you essentially it's a chess have, game. You've got four parties, right? You've it got the buyer that wants what they want, the seller that wants to get what they want. Mm -hmm. You've got the buyer's agent that wants to But we have the same end goal. No, totally get it. But right. there's still four parties to every transaction. Yes. And that's what people don't necessarily realize, right? It's four parties. It's two individual entities that are trying to get to the closing table and then two other individual entities that are trying to facilitate that, right? So when, when Oscar talks about ego, that's part of it, right? Like if mm -hmm. I look at an offer and it's poorly written, what am I going to, in a fiduciary standpoint, tell my client about my confidence of this offer getting to close yep. in comparison to a similar offer that is written well, mm -hmm. right? It's going to, it's going to, it's going to have an effect. Yeah. Um, the and, other and piece, when I talk about ego, it's, it's not only the agent's ego, but the homeowner's ego. Oh yeah. Hey, I know you love your house, but here are the, the facts and the data I have, and I'm on your side. I'm up to bat for you. Mm -hmm. I work for you. Please know that. But it is my job to bring all the facts to you. You make the final choice. If we go down to the ship, I'm going down with the ship with you. But these are the facts. Ego there, but then ego from agent to agent. I want to look like a hero. I know more than him. No. Mm -hmm. As soon as your agent wants to go in like that, it's going to be a rocky transaction. Well, and I think that's the, the fun part about this job for me, right, is there is when I'm like if, if Oscar is representing the seller mm -hmm. and I'm representing the buyer, right, and we're, we're negotiating a deal on, on a house. I have always been just in my life as it, I have a very collaborative mindset oh, yeah. with, with the emphasis on, I want to get the best deal for my buyer. Mm -hmm. If you can have two agents that are working uh, towards those goals, great. Right. Yep. But if there's an ego Beautiful. agent, yeah. the, 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 the end of the day is the ego is dangerous because it tends to supersede what's best for the client. Right. Yes. So yes. for example, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, we had, you know, I was dealing with a contract negotiation a week, two weeks ago, somewhere around there, uh, at a, what I would consider an overpriced unit. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, what you would consider uh, everybody I would. fucking considered that <laughs> yeah, shit. That hey, was a horrible, hey, but horrible, you know, overpriced. who didn't consider it overpriced the, the seller agent. and the seller's agent. Mm -hmm. Right. And in my head, I, and this is, I'm looking directly at the people that say, we're just in it for the money. So if you're that person, as far as real estate and just make too much and blah, 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 this is for you. We were about $250,000 away from where the list price was and where we wanted to offer. Okay. If I was in it for the money, I would have spent all of my time and energy explaining to my buyer mm -hmm. why the purchase price should be the list price because I make more money if that's Convincing the case. Convincing right? the client. But this is what ended up happening. We go through and do some market research. I collaborated with some individuals that I work with to make sure I didn't sound crazy. And when we got to the point of offering, I told my client what my opinion of value was on that property. They agreed. We submitted that offer. It didn't get even looked at, essentially. And how, but, long has, how long has that been sitting on? Oh, 127 days, yeah. somewhere around there. Ego, right? example. So it's ego, right? The, <laughs> the property's been there for 127 days, not it's sold. It's going to be there right? for a lot longer. It's going to be there for a lot mm -hmm. longer. But I am not willing to go to my client and say, hey, I understand you really want this house. They're not going to budge, so let's just offer. Yeah, no. Let's offer it list, right? No. Yeah, will I make more money on $200,000? 
Hell yeah, I would. Is it the best for my client? And do yeah. I think that he yeah. would be walking into a place that is overvalued? And if mm -hmm. he were to ever try and sell it, he could potentially be underwater. He wouldn't be able to rent it out. Mm -hmm. I had those conversations and said, I am not comfortable. Me, as your agent, am not comfortable allowing you to offer over a certain amount of where I think well, this is worth. And that's, that's if he another, comes back and he says, I don't care, we write the offer. And, cool. Well, and that's another important part of, of the of the offer negotiations is CMAs, comparative mm -hmm. market analysis, right? And and again, another benefit to the real estate agent conversation. Why don't we just call them MAs? Market analysis? I know. Yeah. Comparative market analysis is weird. Well, we're comparing yeah. things, right? So, I mean, yeah. hey, but it's a market analysis. It's a market analysis. But... Basically, what an agent will do, because they have the knowledge of that area mm -hmm. and they have access to MLS, which is the, the listing service for not only active, but closed, expired, upcoming properties that you can't see on certain websites that normal consumers go on, they have a little bit more information to then arm you to put the best offer in on that property. And, and, and talking about egos and personalities, <clears throat> my biggest hang-up on doing what we're doing now in the podcast was I am very different. Mm -hmm. my, my, my personality is I love everyone and I'm funny and I try, I, I, I try too much to have other people love me when it comes to real estate. It's a freaking switch. Spikes come out. Baby. I <laughs> turn into someone else. Mm -hmm. I take my job very serious. Um, I know what I'm doing and I, I take pride in that. Yep. If you're on the other side of the transaction with me, we're going to start off nice. But then when, things get real, I turn into a bulldog. It's just, it, it, it is well, what it is. Cause at the end of the I, day, I do my job I, and I do my job well, and I'm a yeah. different person with my clients. I try to keep the funny mm -hmm. cool, but when it comes to the industry standards, I will eat someone alive because that's just what I've become and who I am. Well, and at the end of the day, and that's it, different from ego. It's just, well, no, I, but, I'm very competent and I know what I'm doing to the end of the table. And it, it comes down on the talk of ego. And I, I, you know, I say this all the time. It comes down to confidence versus cockiness, right? If you're confident, you know that what you're doing is in the best interest of your buyer. Yes. And you're knowing that you're using the knowledge that you have to Cockiness do that. will get you in trouble. Exactly. Yes. Cockiness is where you start writing offers that are just off the rails that you're just like, yeah, I'm going to get this. And then it doesn't. Now you, you, you overpromised. I love your, how when your, I get the phone call, I was like, I wrote my offer because I did. I was like, are you calling me stupid? Right. I listed the house accordingly. <laughs> Don't mm -hmm. tell me about comps because I pulled them five times. Well, and yep. write and your damn offer. We have three options. You're either going to accept, reject, or counter. Yeah, yep. and here's here's some. I, I I saw this the other day, and I, it resonated with me. Right, when you talk about negotiations, mm -hmm. right? The point. What? Let me ask you. Okay, so yeah. Charlie, if I say, what is the the definition of the point of a negotiation? It's to reach a mutual agreement. Right, Charlie or Oscar. What about you? I'm going to let you talk to you. Throw the number up first. I don't need a number. Is that what your definition is? I have a very vague definition of what negotiation <laughs> is. So I guess the point is... I'm negotiating with you right now. I guess yes, the, the point uh, is, right, whoever get, talks first yeah, loses, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. The, the, yes, just get, get to a mutual agreement on, right. on, on a certain subject. So the, what I've run into, and I, you have, um, and you will for sure, is in real estate people because it is such a at the end of the day it's a business transaction but people treat it as a personal transaction yes. right negotiations turn adversarial mm -hmm. very very quickly mm -hmm. and that is not the point of a negotiation you got to bring it back to facts every time exactly mm -hmm. but the adversarial piece i think is where the ego gets involved yeah. and when you have an agent that is willing to look beyond that mm -hmm. and articulate 
to the other party, hey, this is where we're at. This is why we are here. Mm-hmm. This isn't a personal thing. This isn't a vendetta. A this line. is stats. This is facts. facts. This mm-hmm. is the market. This is where we're at. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll move on. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. yeah. Reel um, him back in. Say, look, at the yes. beginning of the transaction, you told me this is what you wanted. Yep. I right. know he just called your house ugly. Right. Mm-hmm. Stop. But the reason that's- You want us to get us here. They're yes. offering what you want. Let's, but let, let that go. The reason is I think it's important is because if you have an agent that's working with you, a realtor that's working with you, that is adversarial mm-hmm. in nature when it comes to negotiations, right? Mm-hmm. I look at it as high risk, high reward-ish. Okay. Mm -hmm. But statistically those deals won't get done. Mm -mm. Right. You need somebody. And and there's, there's a reason I, this is a theory of mine. Why I think those, those, those deals don't get done because if you have an adversarial mindset going into negotiation, the one thing it does not allow you to be is creative. Yes. Yes. And And it's not a theory. It's a hundred percent. I'll back that up. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So if you have somebody that is negotiation based and says, Hey, Mm -hmm. we want to get to a mutually uh, beneficial agreement with all parties. What that allows is it allows that person to become creative, whether it's yes. creative financing, whether it's, Hey, we're not going to ask for this, but we're going to provide this. Hey, I'm going to make an extra phone call to make sure blah, 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 whatever it is. We credit this. We get a home warranty. I mean, yeah. there's ways. To think yes. around. Because mm-hmm. people assume like, Hey, I'm under contract for a house. I'm gonna get to close. I think, Oh man. And I know I'm the stat guy. This is in my brain. I don't know if it's accurate. So if you guys know the real, um, let statistic, us let us know. But nationwide, I believe of every real estate transaction that goes under contract on average, 68% actually make it to the closing table. Mm-hmm. Right? So that means three right. to four in 10 while you're in a contract with a well-qualified buyer, motivated seller don't actually come to fruition. Right? I would say that part of that is because there's a lot of adversarial agents and egos that get in the way or incompetence, whatever you want to say uh, during that offer negotiation sometimes. process. Sometimes you guys just just hit the ball out of the park on the on just the lead into the next thing. Like the right? Rockies yesterday, <laughs> eleven uh, runs in two innings, baby. Yeah, right. <laughs> but now you know we got we got done with looking for the house. We, we did a CMA. We put did negotiations, and now we're under contract, right? Yep. And Jameson, the reason that I say it's a good tie-in is because exactly what you said is so many people think that once your offer gets accepted and you are under contract, you're in the clear. But that's they, the easy part, right? But what a lot of people don't realize with these transactions is dates and deadlines come up mm-hmm. and these dates and deadlines are set forth in the contract in order to keep it moving forward. Now we get into the meats and bones. Exactly. Exactly. So now we put in the offer and, and, and on our, on the buyer now sheet, you got money on the line. Exactly. Well, exactly. It becomes real for all parties. Well, involved, and that's what I was right? going to say. Now the to next me, step is, I call it, it's an emotional investment on mm-hmm. both parties. Yeah. Well, and now we move into to escrow, right? And we start talking about, hey, do you have the loan set? I also hate that word. Escrow? I just hate the term. The, uh, yeah. Escrow, I hate it because they use it a lot on those shows. Oh, I put it in escrow. Colorado's not a yeah. state. That's yeah. not how we work here. It's like, well, this We're is an HGTV, state. bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, stop. No. So it, <laughs> I raise hamsters. My budget is two and a half million dollars. <laughs> Fuck off. In essence, esc- an escrow account <laughs> is an account that you, it, it, it's an interest-bearing account. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter because we don't use it. Yeah, yeah but, but and if you're moving here from another state, your state's stupid if that, they do that's where we <laughs> That's where we put our earnest money and that's where it starts and ends. Yes, exactly. Uh, outside of that, we're a mortgage state. Yep. And, um, you know, we get the contract accepted and then we got up to three days to turn in earnest money. Yep. It goes into an escrow account. Now that money says, I am serious about this transaction. If I default over something uh, not of my fault, you keep my money. Yep. 
And now if I pull out... It's skin in the game. Yeah, I have skin in the game. Take it off the market. The seller's saying, okay, I'm going to go with your offer. Put some skin in the game. Well, here's 1% of the purchase price, typically. 600,000, six grand. Goes in an escrow account. That money is always yours. At closing, it goes back to you. So you either use it in the transaction so you don't come up with an extra six, or that money could go back in your pocket. But it allows the seller to say, okay, I'm going to take my house off the market. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you do your due diligence. Every buyer has the option to do their due diligence, whether they have a a date for it or not to inspect the home, yep. make sure everything's up to par and mm-hmm. say, I want it. It appraises. Let's keep going. And, and that's honestly it, that all of this that's about to come the next couple steps, all are pertaining to the contract, right? Mm-hmm. And, and basically what happens once you're under contract and you start going through, like Oscar said, earnest money is the first thing you have to provide the seller with as a buyer, you have to provide the seller with good faith. Hey, I have some money up front. We're, we're under contract. We want to move forward. Right. And then there are dates and deadlines set out in that contract, and Oscar just touched on it. And one of the first big ones that comes up is going to be an inspection, Mm -hmm. right? There's documents, right? Mm -hmm. The the buyer, the seller has to provide the seller's property disclosure, the square footage disclosure, the source of water. If it's on uh, before 1978, July 1st, Mm -hmm. um, there was lead-based paint disclosure, um, and there is maybe some HOA stuff. Yeah. So they have to provide you at their best and the, knowledge. And the world's it. the world's stupidest deadline, stupidest. most stupidest dumbest. deadline, dumbest <laughs> deadline, most pointless deadline. I've I, and I still don't understand why we have it. The due diligence documents. Yeah. I hate that shit. I hate it. I hate, offers, I hate it, bro. Right? I hate offers. it. I, I get you want to I hate cross it. all T's and dot I's, but when you start asking me, like, has anybody if the ever... seller has warranties or they want? Dude, well, here's here's why they, I have a they problem want with it. twelve months right? of their of their yes. electric yeah. bill. No. It's like here's why I have a problem with it. If you're <sighs> buying a five acre property, okay, mm-hmm. and you need to verify the meets and bounds and the property lines and blah, 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 blah. Talk all to your of, local agent, see if he understands all, what meets and bounds are. <laughs> all of that, uh, all of that is covered if the lender or title requires an ILC survey, mm-hmm. right? And if it's, another one, ask your agent if he understands the ILCs. Right. If it's, if it's a <laughs> well, Improvement location right? certificate, by the way. Yeah. If it's a well, then that is also required as an inspection item. If it, but I, and if there's I a well, there's probably a septic, and there's going to be a, and if septic, there's a septic certificate gotta, that yeah, has there's, to be recorded. There has with to the be county. a title transfer yeah. for the septic system. Like there's all these different things. The due diligence drives me crazy because I've actually it gives got, them the opportunity to ask for bullshit, dude. I've gotten yelled at because somebody goes, "All you have is the warranty information that's taped to the fucking HVAC and water heater." Yes. Yeah, because yeah. nobody else keeps that shit. I don't <laughs> because have, everybody keeps that fucking on, drawer dude. that they have all their warranties of all <laughs> like, their appliances that seriously. they don't ever look at and they probably throw like, away after the thirty years. Hey, yep. here's the uh, here's how the garage door opener works. Here's eighteen pages of a user manual. Oh, you don't <laughs> you have can that? Google I'm most of that crap. The stuff yes. that okay maybe the me maybe the consumer wants down. to be maybe the consumer as is very detail oriented mm-hmm. and wants six months of Excel bills that drives me crazy too but I can understand that yes. you know but, what though or, or they just bought that? the house two years ago yeah they may have blueprints they may have builder stuff I get that but once you start asking for ridiculous shit that dude I don't care if my GE they don't have oven it I'm sorry doesn't have the two year warranty paper <laughs> plus I'm with sorry. an email that goes yeah. away right my TC says. Buyer doesn't have any of this. Here you go. Right. And so. And it's done. Two clean contracts. This is something that I put in mind. Sellers written. Uh, what I put? Acknowledgement that he, they do not have whatever is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Done. Cool. 
Hey, I like this it. is all we have. All right, cool. You know, they're asking for all this stuff, but he knows that you may not have it. Yep. Right. We're done. Well, and then email takes care of that. Something that I want to, that I want to, you know, let people know about too is because you, a lot of the time people go under contract, especially first time home buyers that aren't familiar with the process. And when they get into an inspection, especially nowadays, that's something that you also have to plan for to pay. Right. And, and that's when you go into it, that's not something that you think about. Oh yeah, I got my pre-approval. This is what I'm going to pay upfront. But inspections, depending on, you know, whether you want a sewer scope, whether you want radon testing, they can go anywhere from 800 to $1,300. We'll start at 300. I know some companies, they'll mm -hmm. do a general inspection under 2000 square feet. They'll go check out the foundation all the way to the roof and everything in between mm -hmm. sewer scopes on a hundred bucks, radon testing is on 130 bucks. And then it goes up from there. They yep. do, they'll do infrared scanning and depending on who you're working with. Speaking of payments mm -hmm. up front, um, I just want to touch on, it's a little blurred yeah. space in real estate. You're not going to buy your, you're not going to pay your buyer's agent anything out of pocket. You're just not. He's going to get paid on the negotiated fee that the listing agent has already talked to the seller. And that's what you're going to get paid. If your agent says you're not paying anything, that's bullshit because you're taking the money into the, into the game. So if he's disclosed all of that, yes, as a buyer, you're putting in the money. Mm -hmm. The seller has already dictated what he's going to pay the buyer's agent. Period. Whether you have point. an agreement with him on your buyer's agency that differs, that's between you and that agent. Mm -hmm. But out of pocket, you're not going to pay a buyer's agent. Why not get proper representation? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the other important piece of this whole, you know, the due diligence side of where we're at, right, with the mm -hmm. going under the dates and deadlines, you guys got to remember there's three really big points of, um, well, I guess two, uh, negotiation. Right. First one being the inspection. Mm -hmm. Right. How do you negotiate repairs versus concessions? You know, all, being creative in that that world. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, second. And if one, you're that agent still writing credits on the inspection objection, I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> what do you mean? That doesn't go on the inspection. That goes on an amend. If you're gonna give credit for anything. Wait. What? If you're gonna give credit for inspection op, um, items. Yep. First of all, you can't give them money out of pocket, so you put it as a credit, and it's going to go for down payment yes. or, or, or closing yeah, 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 costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Do, it does not belong in the objection or resolution. It, beco it belongs in an amend. Mm -hmm. uh, I, so I've also had that vary based on the lender because I've done both, and I've had some lenders say, hey, we want this in an amend, or amend contract under additional provisions, and I've had other lenders say, as long as it's in resolution as a dollar amount and you send us that, then we're good. Per contracts, Colorado State law doesn't belong in the resolution or the objection. Fact check me on that. Boom. And the way and the way you I'm write right and, and the way you <laughs> write the objection is not what you want. It's what you find. Defective oh no, objection! Home. I agree. Resolution though. The resolution. You you say we're going to do all these things. If you agree on a on a price amount, it goes on an amend. Seller agrees to credit the buyer X amount of dollars. The verbiage on that is very important because the lender is going to see the amend. Correct. But in the in the, the resolution, HUD. it does say that if there's. I'll look it up, but yes. <laughs> I was about to say, Underwriters I like don't this. want to see that. You're, no, I, you're, you're, I get you're it. I, I know what you're saying, but under there, it does say that under the resolution, it does need to go to the lender to verify any sort of credits. And 80% of lenders don't want to see that fucking document. Yeah. yeah. They really don't. Just saying. That's, well, yeah. And then again, we talk about inspection, right? And then following that, the, the next step that we're, co that we walk into is, is more based around your financing. Right. So after that, um, as a buyer, you're going to have to provide them with, if, if you're not paying cash, 
a new loan and prove to them, hey, I have acquired this loan. I have done what I needed to do to secure the financing. Um, and something that a lot of people don't really think about, and even for me, being newer in the industry is not something that I was really privy to before doing some offers, is an appraisal, right? Um, and a lot of people don't realize that there's something called an appraisal gap, right? And basically what an appraisal is, is after you secure that financing and your, your lender says, yeah, this is how much money we're going to give you. Basically, the, the lender will send somebody out to the property to then assess the, the value of the home. And what that does is, let's say now you're, you're in a market like Colorado, where prices are elevated and everybody wants to get the top dollar for their property, which as they should, but what ends up happening now is you have a discrepancy between the listing price and what the home is actually valued at. And that is what is called an appraisal gap. And what a lot of people don't know is that you, let's say you come in and you're approved for 420,000 and that's your offer is 400, 413, right? But the, the appraisal comes in and now they say, hey, this is actually worth 420. 400. 400, excuse me, 400. You are now going to have to, out of pocket, cover the difference between 400,000 and your offer of 412,000. Mm -hmm. Now, let me touch on that. The only time you have to really worry about it if it comes under. Mm -hmm. As a buyer's agent, it comes, uh, the appraisal comes in at 450. Yeah. Good for you. You paid for that <laughs> Instant appraisal, equity, baby. Yeah, you pay for that appraisal. Refinance as soon as you can. That Take that money off. Anything. Mm -hmm. Pay the your bills. agent comes back and says, "Hey, how's appraisal?" All he needs to know is it appraised because yep. we move forward. Appraise that if, value. If it, yeah, they appraise mm -hmm. that value. That's all. They, it's your document. You paid for it. It's yours. You can say, "I don't want you to release it to anybody." You don't have to. You paid for that. It's done. Now it comes under. There's a few choices now. Mm -hmm. If you have written an appraisal gap into the digital additional provisions, yep. then yes, you are going to have to come out of pocket. But if you have a straightforward offer, the lender's never gonna um, lend above appraised value. Yes. So if- Yeah, they're never if, gonna lend you more than what the house is, absolutely. what they deem the house because is Because it's worth. their money and that house is- And they need it collateral. now. J.G. Wentworth. <laughs> it's the, the, the home is a collateral, so they're not gonna lend on something that's not Correct. worth it. Mm -hmm. So if the house comes back at 400 and you just wrote an offer and it states in there that the house has to appraise for that much, mm -hmm. and the other listing agent says, hey, I've done my homework, it's gonna appraise, and for some reason the, the appraiser comes back and says, I've compared apples to apples, this property is worth 400, the 13,000, now we gotta negotiate. Yep. Unless it's in the additional provision, we come back and we're like, hey, Mr. Homeowner, your house is not worth 413. If you wanna sell to me, I'm ready to still buy. Mm -hmm. If it's going to FHA, that appraisal sticks with that property. So now you have to drop it, so it's in his best interest hey, to move forward. Oscar, and that's when a smart agent knows how to negotiate well, that. And, and let, let me ask you a question. So let's say that that is a situation, and, and you're a buyer, and that home comes in, and, and you get scared by that 12,000. Are you able, as the buyer, to use that to get out of your legally binding contract? Depending if you wrote it into additional right. revisions or not. If mm -hmm. you did not write it in, you could terminate. Yep. That is your, that is mm -hmm. your yeah, You can right. absolutely write offers and not include an appraisal gap. And if the seller accepts it, that's on them. Yep. Or, and, and as a negotiation standpoint mm -hmm. from the buyer's agent side, hey, they want 413. It's not going to appraise. I know that, but let's not bring that up. When it doesn't appraise, if it does, we move forward. No harm, no foul. You're mm -hmm. still good with it? Yes. If it doesn't appraise and we're at 400, Mr. Seller, your house is only worth 400. 
you're going to get at 400. Yep. It's a win-win for the buyer every time. Yes. Unless you really want that house, there's a bunch of offers behind you and you're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I have 50K in, in the bank I could yep. play with. I'll pay an extra 13. I want this house. Then we write it in there. It exactly. says if the property, in case of a conservative appraisal and the property does not appraise for the amount, mm-hmm. the buyer will bring, will bridge the gap of what it appraised to, <coughs> to what the loan to value is up to X amount. Yep. You have to have an X amount. And and the reason that I bring it up is a lot of people think that, especially for some home buyers, the second that you go under contract, you are legally bound and you have to see it through. Nope. But there you have are your outs. Exactly. There are outs in a contract for buyers like the appraisal gap, like the inspection. And it's not it's not, not an end all be all, right? And it's not outs just to be out. Exactly. It's outs to protect that six grand, ten mm-hmm. grand, twenty five grand, whatever you put in as earnest money. That's our job to make sure that earnest money comes back to you and or, you know, we we, we, we foresee and we move forward yep. and we, we close. Absolutely. And on that note, closing, pre closing, right? This is this is what everybody gets excited closing about. Closing time. <laughs> yeah, and I think that the big point of this, right, is once you're through Like during this whole process, I want to make this extremely clear to people. Do not fuck with your credit. Okay? (laughs) Do not. Don't show up to inspection. Do not fuck with your credit. People, I'm telling you, I know it it seems like like, I feel like I'm funny, but it's happened so many times. I feel like I beat a dead horse with it, right? But I'm telling you, here's here's, like And what do you mean by don't fuck with your credit? So and this is what I'm gonna say, okay? I'm gonna say this as plainly as possible. If you have a question. And that question is, is this going to mess up my opportunity to buy this house? Yes. Then call your lender and say, hey, lender, I'm going to buy a a couch from American Furniture Warehouse. (laughs) It's going to cost this amount. What should I do? The lender is going to say, are you buying it with your debit card or your credit card? Are you opening up a line of credit? Give them that information Mm -hmm. and they will tell you yes or no. Don't call me because I'm going to tell you no. I'm going to, yeah. If you call us, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no. It's it's the equivalent of I asked mom. Mom said no. I'm gonna go ask dad. You're gonna have a couch without a house. Yes. For the love of God, Mary, don't spend money for 30 days. Yes. Like I get it's exciting, <laughs> it's great, but between under contract and closing, because you guys gotta understand, and Charles about to touch on this, the lenders will verify up to three days before closing. Mm-hmm. But they will they will do a credit. Check. Oh, and then by the way, they'll also check after you close. Yep. If if the underwriter sees that there's been a credit inquiry. Yep. At American mm-hmm. Furniture, at uh, Douglas Ford or whatever. Like I get it. The dude has tigers in his showroom. Show me I understand. that car that doesn't you mean just you need bought. a love seat. Yep. Yeah. Don't mess with the credit. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Don't finance anything. Don't do any big purchases. Don't mess with your banking. Yep. If if the underwriter sees and and they'll do a verification of deposit prior to closing and you just pulled th- three grand out, what would you do with that? Mm-hmm. And it's not them being nosy. It's them wanting to make sure on the secondary market that you've done everything yes. that you are protecting able, their asset. Yeah, they're, they're, you're able to buy because there is a secondary market in real estate. Mm-hmm. Banks, but don't do me a favor. Don't ask like your mom or your grandmother or your neighbor. Hey, should I buy this before I close on my house? Call your, your mother. Good rule of fucking no, 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 lender. No. Good rule of thumb. Don't buy any big things <laughs> and or put anything on credit while you're buying a house. Right? Yes. Don't do that to yourself. Because mm-hmm. it's to yourself. We're going to yeah. try to, everything in our power to make it work even if you do, mm-hmm. but it's just going to make headaches for you. Well, and, and on that note too, it is something that's important that, that I don't think you know a lot of people recognize as well is you have the ability to do a final walkthrough. Mm-hmm. And in that way, you know, let's say you, you went through inspection and you said, hey, we want you to fix this. 
you have the right to walk through and see if they satiated that part of the contract and the agreement that you had with them and look at the repairs that should have been done. The, um, the, Final walkthrough is yeah. to make sure the house is this, in the same condition as when you saw it. Mm-hmm. And if there was any repairs that you asked for an inspection, they've been completed. Yep. And that they haven't removed shit mm-hmm. from the property that's supposed to be in the property when you buy it. Yeah, you which can do, are whole, inclusions you can do, say, you can do a, whole, a whole episode on inclusions. Yes. And yes. Mm-hmm. Back Personal in the day property. when we were doing short sales, <laughs> people were taking cabinets. Yeah. Because they were pissed that the bank took is about to take <laughs> yeah. their house. Yep. I'm going to take these cabinets. What are you going to do with them? I don't care. They're mine. Yep, 100%. But once you once you get through all of that, right, and, and guys, thank or you, you walk for through your... it and it's why the hell is there a gaping hole in the wall? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fix it. Steve, get angry. Whose what dead body is this? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's going on here, dude? Why'd but, you move in this? Uh, yeah. It's, why is have, the dog still here? <laughs> yeah. You, you have the right as a buyer to then question certain elements. Granted... Do it in good faith. Don't just start going in and be like, hey, the fiber on the carpet over here is a little bit more moved than it was last time. You know, like, do it in good faith. The shag in the carpet's not as shaggy. <laughs> don't do that. Yes, uh, especially with homes here in Colorado. I don't know what it is. Shag carpet was a thing. Yeah. Dude, we were, we were, uh, we were Randy, baby. Yeah. It's probably the reason we were the first to legalize marijuana, honestly. Yeah, you know, probably. We had probably. dice in the mirror. Yeah. Come on. Right? <laughs> Shag wagon. My dad had one. Now, once once you get through, once VW, you get through everything, uh, you do your man. final walkthrough. You you've provided the either the wiring information, the loan information to the title company. Now, I'm gonna stop you right there. Go for it. When it comes to title and wire information, never. You can email pertinent information, but if you can, call them, give them, get wire information and your wire information to title over the phone. Yep. Yes, it's the most secure. There's been mm-hmm. too many breach in emails. Mm-hmm. Don't email Social Security or anything like that. Shit could go south. Call the title company. Yep. Get the wire instructions because once that money's over, the money's over. And if you wired it somewhere else, well, it's going to be hard to get it back. And you know what? The recourse is pretty short it, on that. And we it refer, I think it's episode 19 or 20 that we had Lauren, Lauren Avery on, uh, Collins on here. Yep. We, she talked about that in, in detail, how bad wire fraud is when it comes to closing. Always, always, always talk to the company on the phone. Never, mm-hmm. never communicate via email. People are way too good now at faking things and, and making it look a certain way. And like Oscar said, at the end of the day, if you fall for that, it is on you. It's your responsibility. Nobody's going to coddle you and say, oh, fifty thousand dollars out the door. Exactly. That's, that's all it is, is just out. Good the luck door. with the FDIC on that one. Mm-hmm. But now that we've gone through all of that, we, we've negotiated, we, we looked at inspection, we talked about appraisals. Now comes the time that everybody celebrates. And Oscar, what is the, what is it? Starts with a C. What does everybody want to see? Closing time. You go to the closing table. If you, everything went well, you're going to see the seller. Seller's going to be happy. They're going to divulge shit at the table that you probably don't want to hear. And some, and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Or you're in a separate room because you had it out with the seller <laughs> in the separate <laughs> closings. Either way, it's a good time. Yep. You're going to get the keys, but there's a lot of documents you got to go over. Mm-hmm. The T-1000 uh, real property disclosure is something that they send out back to the consumer. It's a random shoot whether they do it or not, but if you don't fill it out the same, they will find you up to $35 every time you don't send it back. Your agent should tell you this is the one you keep in front. It's going to mm-hmm. tell you what condition the property was in, what was included in the property, what interest you got, blah, blah, blah. Basically, they want to make sure you don't transfer a house with like a 67 Chevelle. Yeah. Uh, I've done that before. Yep. Not Chevelle, but a Corvette. There was a Corvette. You could negotiate anything in real estate. You could put it in the damn <laughs> contract if you want. The, the, the underwriter doesn't want to see it, but in the real estate standpoint, they don't give a shit. There was a 67 Corvette in the garage, and they were like, I want it. Put it in the contract. I was like, not a good idea. You're getting financing. 
But they ended up negotiating and they ended up getting the car. Nice. So everything. But if you don't disclose it, that's what the TD one thousand. Disclose yes. everything yes. as an agent. Mm-hmm. You're watching this. Disclosure. Yep. Disclosure. Mm-hmm. Disclosure. Disclose everything. Cover your ass. Well, and again, guys, th- thanks for for sticking with us and, and going through it. And I know this one was a little bit more free form this episode, but it is it is very pertinent to what's going on right now in the market. And and we just want to make sure that everybody is as prepared as possible. So again, please check out the channel. Feel free to download our free PDF uh, that is a buyer's guide. Hours we also, up. I still have shit to say. <laughs> we still have a, we we also have a seller's guide on there. So everything I'll in have detail this week that we went that we went on with uh buyers we have the same thing on the seller side and in the future if you guys want to see it let us let us know and we'll do the same kind of episode for that yes um but it is uh, we thought that this was very important to kind of give people um the mm-hmm. ability to access as the market starts to pick up across the country so with that being said guys phenomenal episode but let, let's go ahead and uh give a give a, a riff on a new riff can i do my one rock takeaway Oh yeah! We, oh, excuse me. I, I, I this is what happens. Usually, the one that forgets this, that. This, took a week off. this is what happens when we take a week off. I took a week off, ladies and so gentlemen. My, we just forget the whole the whole structure of the show. <laughs> this falls at that hell apart. So, my biggest thing, my my one rock takeaway is, no one is exempt from the process. Um, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter who you are. Just follow the process. We're not we're not trying to screw you. We're not trying to pull wool over your eyes. The process is the process. Understand that we're doing it because it's going to benefit you in the long run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No like one's that. exempt from it. I don't care who you are. It is what Just it is. Just go with the process. Get to the closing table. Everybody's happy. I like it. Jamo. Uh, set your ego aside. Hmm. It's a business transaction. It's what it is. And the quicker people are able to rectify that in their brain, the easier the transaction tends to go. And the more beneficial that transaction is to all parties involved, including seller, buyer, it doesn't matter is once you put your ego aside and realize I'm selling something to somebody else and there's negotiations and it's not personal, go smoother. A good agent will ask you what you want up front, set expectations, and when the ego starts coming out, we'll reel you back in and say, mm-hmm. hey, remember 10 days ago you said this is what you wanted. We could still get there. Regardless of what's going on right now, let's dial it back. This is the, game, the end game for us. Mm-hmm. That was my entire week. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> My one rock takeaway out of all of this is uh, honestly on par with both of you guys. It's vulnerability is be willing to be open with your agent, with your lender. It's because, only going to help you. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, all the information you disclose legally cannot be shared, but will only benefit you in the future. So try to, to be open and vulnerable with your agent and your lender because mm-hmm. it's just going to help you. It's only going to set you up for success mm-hmm. in the long run. 100%. 100%. Well, please excuse the fuck out of me. I, I jumped to it early because I was be excited. the producer here. Come right? on. <laughs> I was excited about it. I mean, look at the bottle. It's just even now that it's going lower, I still sexy. like the bottle. <laughs> Do you need a minute with that Sleek. bottle? I, I might have to. I don't know. No, I, mean, I mean, once you go... Bo- <laughs> never mind. <laughs> the juice inside is good. I'm going to go ahead and... <laughs> Push forward on this one. The juice inside is great. I mean, this amber color is, is darker than what I thought it was going to be. I thought the, the whole design of this bottle and marketing. Darkened it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but it, 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 it's, it, it, the coloring is awesome. The taste is awesome. Um, I'm going to let you guys talk about the flavoring because obviously my Dorito flavoring didn't <laughs> fucking mesh with everybody. Perfect. 
It's perfect. But Chase it, it was with a good model for me. With Mountain Dew Code Red, apparently. Oh, no, no. <laughs> While playing video games till 12 o'clock. One, I'm not a gamer. Two, Mountain Dew. Don't let Oscar yeah. tell you he's not a gamer. He plays poker every night on his VR. Yeah. That's not a gamer. That's that is absolutely that is the gamer, definition bro. of a gamer. gamer you were bro. playing a game for elongated the time it's period. poker, though. Is it virtual? It's still a game. Only because <laughs> <laughs> negotiations, people. Negotiations. I am a gamer. Fuck. Um, I, I, I do, I do think that this opened up um, throughout the episode for sure, and, and kind of like our hearts. <laughs> I don't know, man. This last week. I this last week no, no, like, my heart is ice cold. Yeah, right now. I am. This last week, I'm not but, letting anybody in. Um, the burn that Oscar talked about at the beginning. 100 percent for me gave, gives way, and I'm definitely getting more of those fruity, yep. fruity notes. Yeah. Um, on the nose right up front uh as far as the the burn as you're sipping it it does disseminate it does go mm-hmm. away as as you get a little bit more um and you're drinking it as a good bourbon should i will say though the complexity did not leave a little bit to be desired yeah yeah but yeah. it didn't dissipate though no no, no. it was consistent no. across the board mm-hmm. um you know for me the the flavoring was there it mallowed out so i could taste more more of the the fruits but it it kind of transitioned into the maple yeah part of it Mm -hmm. it was was a good maple almost a little bit like like a like a sweet maple like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean and and not like that breckenridge that we were like ah it's in your face it was it was really good it it opened up and it it Mm -hmm. lent itself to maybe old fashions and whatnot i mean what, what was the cost of this 49 bucks? Oh, absolutely. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Grab that. Their single it. barrel select runs 80. Yeah. I mean, so, I can And I think that one's aged seven years. I so. will say, at the end, I'm very surprised that this is a high rye mm-hmm. mash build. It wasn't, it, was, it didn't have the spice like a rye. No. No. Mm-mm. Not no. at all. It, it, the, spice, the spice is there, but 100% gives way to that sweetness at the beginning. And I think the spice is more of that burn. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other 100%. than that. It's it's smooth. All right, all right. So let's let's give it the rock rating. Uh, who wants to start it? Mm. I'll start it. <laughs> I am gonna give this one a four and a half, only because, again, as we drink more, as we see prices, the burn up front. If you're not used to bourbon, is gonna scare you away from it immediately, mm-hmm. and it's gonna I bother like, you the whole time yeah, you're drinking it. I, I feel like that's gonna set a precedent in your mind that you may not be able to enjoy it as neat. As you would, um, drop and then, an ice cube in it; it'll yes, go away. Yeah, and, and easy. That's where I would say I think I'm starting to develop a, a category, right? And I think that that four to to five and a half, six rating is definitely for those bourbons that need some kind of an open, some kind of a glass, some, drop some water, ice, ice yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and this one is definitely one of them. As it has sat here and opened, the flavor yeah. 100% opened up a little mm-hmm. bit more. That burn dissipated, but again. Based on the other bourbons that we've had around this price point, that's why I'm going to give it a four and a half, just because the complexity is not there for me. Mm-hmm. Taste-wise, I think it's good. Price-wise, it's decent. Um, if I see it, I'll pick it up. I'll give it a solid five. Um, for price, complexity is there. Um, the burn doesn't go away, but mm-hmm. I like that burn. Yeah. Um, so if I have to round it, I'm gonna give it a five. It feels personal taste. I give it a four. Easy. Um, it's a good bourbon. I liked mm-hmm. it. 
Yeah, I think we're getting to the point where we've we've tasted some really good bourbons. Yeah. So it's getting harder and harder to rate to kind of figure out where we're at. Like, mm-hmm. what is this in comparison to, you know, Uncle Nearest versus mm-hmm. the Breckenridge versus smoke wagon. the Smoke Wagon, <laughs> right? Like, it's tough, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I mean, I agree. I, I'll probably go in between both of you guys, like 4.75, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think the, uh, like, drinking it neat, because I'm a bourbon drinker, is super easy. Like mm-hmm. I could drink this neat all day long. Mm-hmm. If oh, you I'm, bring this over to the house, we're gonna kill it. Yeah. If okay. I'm if I'm giving it to somebody who's maybe never tried bourbon or mm-hmm. only drinks old fashions, a little bit different, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it's got it does have some. It, it's more burn than complexity. Yep. But if you can get past the burn, the sweetness of it allows you to be able to say I can. I could drink this. This neat. is a veteran, you know I mean? veteran bourbon drinkers yes. bottle. Yes, agree. It's, it's not a beginner bottle. Yeah. No, and, and I can By definitely. I want to give them where credit where credits due, and it's you know, a great bottle. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll give them it's, that. And like not it. only that, but you know the whole thing—a new riff to an old tradition. Mm-hmm. I can taste it. Yep, you, you can definitely. It's not tell. a traditional Kentucky bourbon. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. especially high four rack. years yeah. in high rack. At four years, it's absolutely. Not. At four years, I'm I'm gonna start. This, you know what this is like to me, is. And I, man, we really need the like a graphic of yeah, where we yeah. read everything. <laughs> uh, it it's very similar to the the blue note. Yes. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, crossroads. Yes. Right where it's <clears throat> traditional but not traditional. It yes. has a little bit more sweetness. Easily drinkable. I think we rated that one like a four, four and a half. Also, mm-hmm. I think this what fits in that this? category. Oh, that's a good I think question. it's a hundred. If it's a hundred. It has a lot of flavor that, for 100. That, well, and that's what I was saying is... And I think that's can, why I, I compare it to the Blue Note because the yeah. Blue Note was also 100. Yeah. Um, so if you have a 50% bottle, mm-hmm. bottle and bond, which has to be 50%, obviously, right? Yep. And then age four years, it's good. 100%. I mean, Two of my favorite really, above hundreds, uh, Booker's. Yep. And Copper Sky. Yeah, Copper Sky. Yeah. It's just, they, they do wonders with the high proofing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Booker's and is 127, 129 proof. Copper Sky could go up between, to 147 proof. Between the high proofing and the, the high rye. It's hard build, to do this. I, I, that's way. what I was going to say. I will see. I can 100% see how, you know, they're what people would call quote unquote gimmick of the copper, only copper, and then also the, non, the non-trilled uh, filtration. I can taste it. You can, you can definitely tell what. Well, this, I think I, I would have thought it was ninety three proof. It's also proof, that's, it's that's also credit because right, mm-hmm. the the way I look at it, right, is anything that's bottled in bond has to be done very specifically. Yes. Right. Any like, high proof. That's so good in order, has to be very specific. but I'm um, mm-hmm. but bottled in bond specifically, in order to make a bottled in bond rye, for example, unique. Yep. Yep. You got to add something, whether something. it's the no chill, whether it's the copper, whether it's the aquifer, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. They made something that is regulated. Yep. So in and of itself should be similar across the board mm-hmm. and they made it stand out. So I, yep. I, I give it credit to that. hundred percent. hundred percent. Well guys, awesome episode. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. Honestly, it's, it felt like a month and a half. It was such a long week, bro. Oh, my God. It was such a long week. It was rough. No, dude. I know. I was, but, like, having the podcast in my head yep, the week that yeah. we didn't do I it. Was I was at like, the principal's hey, office the other night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Legit. Yeah. It was good. It was good. It, it's it's it was been good. a great episode. Hopefully, you guys got something from it. Uh, thank you for joining us where again. Do we, where do they find us again? You can find us at Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective on YouTube. And you can get in contact with us, res. OTR at the Mile High Perspective, or give us a ring at 303-578-0263.
I like it. I like and I think it. we all have socials. Yes. Right? Across Oscar? the board, Oscar the Realtor or OscarTheRealtor.com. I am the lifting agent or that lifting agent on TikTok and Instagram. So find him in the gym, uh, working on his fitness like Fergie. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me in the club. Right? (laughs) If you guys want to find me, uh, the Colorado real estate guy, Instagram, TikTok, obviously Facebook's Jameson Amaros. The guy. Um, But I am the Colorado real estate guy. The The guy. The guy. guy. On that note, thank you guys for another awesome episode. We'll catch you later. We'll see you next week. Later, guys. Deuces. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for our weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective.